Hello and welcome back to the Everyday Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is a podcast where we remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. The struggle is real. That's what we're talking about this season on the Everyday Christian Podcast. And this episode, we're looking at perhaps one of the biggest struggles of all for many of us, those of us who are married with children. We're talking about struggling with my children, struggling with parenting, if you will. And so this is certainly a topic that is near and dear to my heart, as uh, I am the dad of four children now, a boy and three girls. And uh, let me tell you, the struggle definitely is real sometimes. But uh, I will also be the first to tell you that I wouldn't trade being a dad for anything in the world. I love it. Uh, It's such a blessing. I'm just tremendously thankful to uh, be a dad of my children, and I'm so thankful for my wife and everything that she does for our children uh, as well. Uh, so uh, now that we have four children, we're definitely in the uh, big family territory, and sometimes we get comments at Walmart now. Uh, we get looks and things like that. Uh, sometimes people will say, you have your hands full, and uh, certainly we do, but I always want to tell them, yes, we do, but we have our hands full of blessings because that is certainly what they are. Again, I'm just so very thankful for my children. The Bible is clear that children are exactly that. They are blessings. According to uh, Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5, we read, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is a very good passage to go to when it comes to parenting. Uh, There we are told to teach our children of God's ways when we lie down, when we rise up, when we walk by the way. We are to decorate our houses with God's Word. We even are to wear God's Word on our garments, essentially, is the idea that is taught in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Rearing rearing children is uh, very important to God. One of the very first commandments that was made in God's Word, Genesis 1.28, was that we as uh, humanity are to be fruitful and multiply. And unfortunately, I think that that idea uh, has gone by the wayside in many people's hearts uh, these days. Uh, Rearing children is important, though. And uh, we think about it, you know, how do we see successive generations of Christians Uh, come to the scene? Well, of course, evangelism is very important, but also rearing godly children in godly homes so that they will grow to eventually become Christians as well. As the home, uh, the home as God would have it, rather, is the foundational building block of society, and as the home goes, so goes the nation, or uh, as goes the family, so goes the nation. Where is our nation headed, by the way? Well, not in the best of directions, is it? And so, unfortunately, the home has gone downhill in our society today, in America, and many other nations as well, and it is not surprising then that many nations, America included, have turned their back on God. Another thing that I want to mention briefly in this episode, and I really am—it's a shame that I have to mention this— But uh, don't get me started on this new idea 
this this fodder, if you will, on TikTok that is very popular right now called uh, Dinks. I don't know if you've heard of this or not. If you're older than myself, maybe you don't know what that is. But those folks who are my age and certainly younger than myself, uh, I'm 33 years old. So millennials and, and younger have probably heard of this term, Dinks, dual income, no kids. Uh, we need to remember that children are a blessing. And unfortunately, this idea that is becoming popular of well, we just want to be dinks. We just want to have a dual income and uh, no kids. I actually heard someone pushing this idea the other day and uh, said, and I quote, children are a net worth killer. I repeat, this is what they said. Children are a net worth killer. This was actually on, I think it was a CNBC or MSNBC or something documentary uh, talking about dinks. And that quote was brought up by the reporter. I just I could not fathom that that was how they viewed children. Uh, as if the only thing that matters in life is our net worth, right? That's essentially what they're saying. Uh, you know, I think about one day, hopefully many, many years from now, because I, I do desire to live a long and fruitful life in God's sight, and I hope that I can work for Him for many years. Uh, I certainly understand, or at least I think I understand what Paul meant in Philippians 1 verse 23, where he said that he was kind of in between two desires. On the one hand, he wanted to uh, stay and, and be of use uh, in in the Lord's kingdom, but on the other hand, he wanted to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, Philippians 1 verse 23. Shout out to the Far Better podcast with Michael Clark. But uh, I can certainly relate to that, I think. But you know, eventually the time will come if the Lord does not return first when I will uh, enter eternity. And I hope that on that day I will be surrounded by a family that loves me. I hope that, again, at a a fairly old age, uh, so that I can have lived a full life of doing the Lord's work, I hope to be surrounded by a wife that loves me, children, and grandchildren that love me. And I hope that all of them will be faithful Christians, at least those who are of accountable age, of course. And so I'm talking about multi-generational faithfulness. That is my desire as a Christian husband and a Christian father. How do we treat uh, how do we achieve that by the way? Multi-generational faithfulness. Well, Deuteronomy chapter 6, like we talked about earlier, uh, Proverbs 22, verse 6, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is older, he will not depart from it. Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 4, we're going to look at that in just a little bit. We need to be rearing up children so that we can have multi-generational faithfulness. Uh, generations of Christians in the church who are faithful and are warriors for Christ. What about the dink on the other hand? Again, the, the one who... Uh, the acronym says is dual income, no kids, or I guess uh, the couple that are dual income, no kids. What about those people? What will surround them on the day that they enter eternity? Their stuff? Their checkbook that will no longer have any uh, use for them whatsoever in about five seconds, right? Uh, let's say that 
they're on their deathbed and they're five seconds from eternity. That checkbook's not going to be of any use for them whatsoever. And so don't give me this idea then of children are a net worth killer. I find incredible value in rearing up godly children as arrows to the enemy, if you will. And uh, that they will be, if I have anything to say about it. Now, it is important for us to pause and, as a side note, realize that children do have free will. And uh, with that, they will have to decide for themselves whether or not they will serve the Lord. But I can say this for myself, and I can say this for my wife as well. We're going to do absolutely everything in our power to make sure that we uh, increase the odds of them making the right choice by rearing them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Well, the struggle is real when it comes to parenting. Maybe uh, this is a good time for me to pause and plug my other podcast with Scattered Abroad Network, and that podcast is uh, Father Time Podcast with myself and Matt McBrayer, and Scott Kane was on it uh, with us for a while as well, and appreciate both of those guys. And in that podcast, it, it only comes out once a month on uh, the first day of each month, but we talk about some things that I think that you will find of value. Uh, if you haven't given it a chance, uh, if you haven't given it a, a listen, then I certainly would, would hope that you would go over and, and check out that podcast. Uh, we talk about a lot of things specifically for fathers and how we need to step up as the spiritual leaders of our family. Another thing that I want to mention in this episode is, trust me, we have faced many challenges uh, in childrearing disobedience, disrespect, uh, struggling sometimes with our own inconsistency as parents, my wife and I, which is, that's our fault, you know, when we're inconsistent, when we don't enforce the, the standards as, as we really ought. That's, that's a problem with us, uh, not the kids. Uh, arguing and bickering and fighting between siblings, uh, the whole nine yards, we, we face those things. And the struggle is definitely real, and it is a process. But it's all a part of the training ground that is our home. And training is never without growing pains. So we continue to plug along. We continue to instruct. We continue to teach them God's Word. We continue to uh, teach them Christian virtues. We inundate their schooling even, thanks to the ability to homeschool our kids. And I'm very thankful that uh, my wife is able to do that. We inundate them with God's Word, uh, even through their schooling. Uh, we enforce standards. Again, sometimes we're not as consistent as we should be, but we do try, and that's something we can improve on. But we enforce standards. We discipline. Uh, there are times when children have to be corrected. And there are also times when you have to show grace to children as well, of course, mercy. But uh, there are times when they have to be corrected if we're going to rear them into uh, godly individuals. I will say this, that I'm a very blessed dad. I, I will also say that I'll put my children up there with any other children their age. I really am blessed with some wonderful children, and they're great kids. Uh, they're not perfect, but you know, when I look at them and, and I see that they're picking up on things that we're teaching them, it makes me so proud as, as their father that they're learning God's ways. And Just the other day, we were going through a parenting book, at the dinner table uh, while we were eating, and uh, this particular book is titled In the Way That They Should Go by Jeff Miller. Of course, that's a, a play on Proverbs 22, verse 6. 
That is an outstanding read. Uh, I highly recommend it. Again, it's uh, In the Way That They Should Go by uh, Brother Jeff Miller. Uh, It's been a game changer for our family. We love it. Um, In this book, Jeff highlights the importance of instructing our children on Christian virtues. For instance, it's not good enough for us to uh, only give our children a list of don'ts. We also need to give our children a list of do's, things that they should do as they are growing and, and learning about God's ways. Anyway, so we were reading through uh, this book at the dinner table, and at one point we read that there is a volume two of this book. My wife says, uh, we need to buy that also. And you should have seen my two oldest kids, their eyes light up. They said, can we get it, Dad? Can we get it? We love this book. And I think the reason that they love this particular book, again, it's called uh, In the Way That They Should Go by Jeff Miller. I think they love it because it, it gets them thinking along biblical lines. The book uses a ton of scriptures. Not only does it use the scriptures, but it really does a really good job of instructing parents on the proper interpretation of scripture when it comes to to being good parents. And not only am uh, not only are my wife and I enjoying it, but my kids are just eating it up as well. So that was a, a proud dad moment for me for sure, when they said, hey, can we get that second book? Because they wanted to keep studying through this material. Well, again, the struggle is real when it comes to parenting. You as a listener, if you are a parent, you may be in the midst of real struggles as a parent. And so I want to offer a little bit of encouragement if you find yourself in the throes of parenting, perhaps in a difficult way. Number one, my encouragement for you for this episode, number one, Remember that you are not alone. How many examples of people in the Bible can you think of who struggled with their kids? Right from the get-go, Adam and Eve had a struggle with their kids, didn't they? In fact, uh, the first murder that was committed uh, in history was Cain murdering Abel. And that must have been a heartbreaking, terrible, terrible day, you know, when Adam and Eve saw that because of sin— that their son Cain murdered their other son Abel. What about Noah? At least uh, with his son Ham, we have recorded that Ham uh, sinned by looking at his father's nakedness and uh, the context it appears that he was making light of it and and he went and told his brothers about it and uh, the other brothers, they walked backwards and, and covered Noah so that they would not see his nakedness, but, but Ham did. What about Abraham? Uh, with his sons Isaac and Ishmael, uh, of course Ishmael being the son uh, with Abraham and Hagar, Sarah's handmaiden, and all of the drama that ensued from that, uh, Ishmael and his mother being sent away, and even to this day, the descendants of Isaac, the Jews, and the descendants of Ishmael, the Arabs, are still constantly fighting, uh, even as uh, a war rages on currently uh, at the time of this recording. Uh, Isaac, uh, his son Jacob, stole his other son Esau's birthright. There was a lot of animosity for quite a while, uh, and the Israelites and the Edomites, who were the descendants of Esau, ended up being enemies uh, after the fact. Jacob, his 12 sons, uh, including Jacob, showed favoritism to Joseph. And how did that turn out? Well, 
the other sons sold Joseph into slavery, into Egypt. And of course, uh, God ended up working that out for good, but still, there was a lot of heartache and a lot of difficulty in the life of Jacob and his 12 sons because of showing favoritism. And that's just the, the book of Genesis, right? Parenting is hard. The Bible is full of examples of parents who made mistakes. Uh, we all make mistakes. And so the first thing that I want to say as a way of encouragement for you, as you think about the struggle is real as it pertains to parenting, is don't forget that you're not alone. Uh, we struggle, my wife and I do. Uh, all the other guys at, at Scattered Abroad Network, those who uh, have children, they struggle. Uh, we all struggle with parenting. You are not alone. Point number two is simple, and that is that just because you do struggle and just because you do make some mistakes from time to time, don't just resign yourself to those mistakes. Readily admit that we are imperfect, of course. We need to admit our faults. We need to confess our sins, even when it comes to parenting. But don't just resign yourself over to those mistakes. Rather, challenge yourself. Grow as a parent as well as a Christian. Strive to teach God's Word to your children every day. Have a regular family Bible time. Impart biblical principles and virtues to them. Don't just help with homework or make them do their chores or play with them in the yard. All of those things are important, of course. But the most important thing that you can do for your children is to impart the Word of God to them and train them in God's ways. So that is my second encouragement for you. Finally, my third encouragement for you as you uh, go through this struggle of parenting godly children is make sure that Christ absolutely comes first in all aspects of your home. I mean, every aspect of your home, every aspect of your life, make sure that Christ comes first. Be it worship services, be it Bible study, be it uh, every fellowship activity. Every time the doors are open, be there. Matthew 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things, different things that we tend to uh, fill our minds with, different worries. All these other things will take care of themselves. But seek first the kingdom of God. Keep Christ first on the job. Why? But, well, number one, because that's the right thing to do. But number two, when you get home from your job, what is going to spill over into how you act at home? The way that you are acting on the job, right? And so conduct yourself as a Christian. Don't just don't just uh, punch the clock and say, okay, this is job time and I'm going to act a certain way on the job. And then when I get home, then I can uh, flip the switch and, and try to act a different way. And when I'm at church services, I can definitely flip a switch and act a certain way there and put on a good show. No, you 24-7, every day, you conduct yourself as a Christian. Next, uh, keep Christ first with your entertainment choices. Ask yourself this simple question when it comes to time for uh, entertaining yourself with TV or movies or uh, a board game or a uh, sporting event or, you know, you name it, different entertainment choices. Music, does it pass the Philippians 4, 8 test? And I'll let you go and read that, Philippians 4, verse 8. That's the verse that talks about whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, uh, different things like that. Does it pass? Does it pass that test? The entertainment that you are choosing for yourself and your family. Next, uh, keep Christ first uh, at the ball field or 
in uh, Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or uh, N4H or whatever it is that your kids do as an extracurricular activity, make sure that you keep Christ first in that. Don't miss Wednesday night Bible study uh, for baseball practice. Just don't do it. Uh, If you do that, you're you're putting that activity ahead of Christ and his church. And uh, you're not setting the proper priority. You're really making baseball or whatever else it is an idol uh, in your life. And it will be an idol in the lives of your children as well if you do that. So don't do that. When you go on vacation, keep Christ first when you go on vacation. Don't neglect to uh, attend services of the Lord's Church somewhere. Make sure you find a good sound congregation to attend even when you're on vacation. Here's another big one. Keep Christ first in your marriage. This is huge. Don't forget that you must keep Christ first in your marriage. And when you think about it, if you're going to be a good, godly, faithful Christian parent, first that means that you've got to be a good, godly, faithful Christian husband or a good, godly, faithful Christian wife. Keep your marriage uh, on the front burner, so to speak. It's got to be emphasized. Your children need to see a godly husband and wife who love each other and keep Christ first. So with that, I want us to uh, read Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse number 22, says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Certainly, just as a pause and a side note here, that goes back to God's design from the, from the beginning. In Genesis chapters 1 and 2, God's design for the home. Finally, verse uh, 32 says, This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning concerning Christ and the church. And then verse 33, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. If you get Ephesians chapter 5 right in your marriage, that's going to go a long way towards presenting a godly marriage to your children, and it's going to help you in a big way in in parenting as well. Finally, keep Christ first in the minds of your children as well. And for that, I just want us to read Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, this is for fathers in particular. And uh, by the way, go check out the, again, go check out the uh, Father Time podcast for more help in this regard. And you fathers, 
do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training or the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That word training or that word nurture in the King James Version, in the Greek it's the word paideia. Paideia. That is a big word. I actually did a sermon uh, not too long ago on that word. And uh, it is up on the Sermon of the Week podcast. If you want to go back and, and look for it, you can find that sermon. But this idea of paideia, it's an idea of a worldview. It's an idea of uh, the, the essential thought process that we are to give to our children. It, it is our job and our job alone as parents to train up our children in that way in the thoughts of the Lord, in the knowledge of the Lord, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The church will not do it for you. The church can help, and Bible classes can help, vacation Bible school can help, camp and things like that can help, but it is ultimately your job to raise godly Christian children. That's your job, and if you're not doing your job, chances are your children probably will not grow up to be faithful Christians. We just have to be blunt. We have to be honest about that. If you're not doing your job, your chances of raising godly uh, Christians are very slim. Maybe they'll come to uh, obedience on their own. It is possible, but it's very unlikely. You've got to do your job. I have heard people say sometimes, well, we had our children every time, every time the doors were open. We had our children at church. Well, that's great. That's wonderful. But what were you doing at home? Because that is going to be the difference maker. Are you teaching them God's Word? Are you showing them a Christian example at home? That is the difference maker if you want to raise godly children. So that's my encouragement for you this week for the parenting struggle that is real. Uh, I hope that you will join us next week on the Everyday Christian Podcast as we continue with this theme of the struggle is real.